The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan and I'm joined as always by Kieran McCarthy, Star Sport Editor. We're in studio today for a change and today we are celebrating the Cork Camogie team who got to a brilliant win, ended their wait for the O'Duffy Cup with a win against Waterford. It was 5.13 to 9 points at the weekend. We have Saoirse McCarthy and Fiona Keating, of course the Rovers, who were involved in the panel on the show today. Kieran was speaking to them earlier, so we'll hear from them in a little while. Before we get into that though, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Access Credit Union. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union. That's where your bank really does matter. Choose credit union, choose local, choose community. Now, Kieran, to start off, we'll get to the camogie in a little while, but I just want to quickly run through a couple of local stories first. And first, we'll go to the hurling championships, which are kicked off through in, through in, through in yeah. at the weekend. And um, there were some good results for, for West Cork teams. Yeah, so there was five Carberry clubs in action in four of them won, which was a, a super start. And let's go to Barry Row first. Barry Row beat Kilgarvan 219 to 121 in the in the Premier Junior. And why this is so important is Barry Row hadn't won a group stage win, I don't think since the championships were revamped a couple of years ago. So this was a huge win for Barry Row. And they did it in style too. Adam McSweeney got a the last puck of the ball, he got a goal to, to win the game, like I said, 219 to 121. The O'Donovan Cousins were at it again, only got 1-8 and Ryan got 5 points. And the weekend before, in the in the Junior Football Championship, it was at the, the deadly duo who kicked the Barry Row footballers to victory. So, huge win for Barry Row. And why, why this is, is so important for Barry Row, it sets us up now for a brilliant or a huge West Cork derby this weekend. It's Barry Row against Kilbritton on Saturday in Clonakilty at 5pm. Kilbritton beat Milford last weekend. So, the two West Cork teams both with a win under their belt. So whoever wins this weekend, whoever wins this derby, will have one foot in the knockout stages. Um, Kilbritton will be favourites going into this game. They've been contenders in the last couple of years, but Barry Rowe will be buoyed off the back of their first win. So all roads lead to Clan for a, a derby not to be missed. Yeah, and that Kilbritton game at the weekend was, uh, they beat Milford by, I was 19 points to, to one twelve. So Everyone down to Clannacilty for this weekend's game. It's Saturday at 5pm, like Kieran was saying there. Um, moving on now to athletics. And we got some some kind of sadder news last week with the announcement from Phil Healy that she's withdrawing from the World Championships this year. Can you give us a little background into, into why that is? Yeah, Phil's had a tough time the last 18 months or so. She's had a, a couple of health issues. So she hasn't been able to get the consistency of of training that she wants and it's that consistency of training that leads to consistency of performance but she's just not getting that and that's actually going back to 
I suppose the, the in, indoor season in 2022. So like I said, it's gone on 18 months now. So um, it's been a frustrating time for Phil. It's been a really hard time for Phil. But she, she is an incredible warrior and she's tried to battle through it and she's done exceptionally well. Go back a couple of weeks ago and Phil and Thomas Barr, they, they co-captained the Irish team to Division 3 victory at the European Team Championships. But at the Outdoor Nationals there a couple of weeks ago, Phil finished fourth in the women's 400 metre final. And she was, to be honest, she was a dis distant fourth as well. Uh, Charlene Maudsley was, Jesus, nearly three seconds ahead of her. And when you were talking about athletics, that is, uh, that's, that, that's huge. That's a huge gap to, to, to make up. So Phil has taken the decision to withdraw from selection from the Worlds in Budapest um, that are coming up actually next week. They're coming up quite soon because she wants a break. She says mentally and physically, she just wants to step away from athletics for a small while just to recharge the batteries, reset and refocus before she goes again into the winter training block because next year is an Olympic year and Phil wants to get back to the Olympics. Think back to the uh, Tokyo Games. She was the first, first Irish women's athlete to ever compete in three disciplines at the One Games. So like I said, Phil is a, a trailblazer and the hope is, and, and she will, she will get back to that level again. She just, she just needs a break. She needs to, to, to reset. And um, so she, like, that's a hard decision for her because to withdraw from selection for the Worlds because the last 10 years, Phil has been an ever-present, like mm. whether it's the indoor nationals or the outdoor nationals. I think, and I could be wrong, but she's one of the few Irish athletes to have that record of consistency over the, over the last decade. But now she feels just step back for a small bit, get herself right, get the, get the body right and go get into the winter. So um, kind of disappointing for her right now. But if you're looking at the bigger picture, and the Olympics come around the corner, it's probably the right move. Yeah, the long term, it'll benefit her, surely. And I thought it was nice, um, the statement that she put out about her stepping back mm -hmm. as well. It was it was nice and honest and transparent as well. And we've had her on the podcast before to speak about the, the issues she has been having. And she's been very upfront with everyone, which has been um, has been great. And once something she said there, um, a tough call withdrawing from selection, but right now it's all about recovering mentally and physically and getting my body back to where it needs to be. I'm looking forward to watching all of the Irish team in their respective events at the championships and wish them all the very best of luck. So it's, she's very humble about the whole thing as well. But, but that's Phil. Like I said, she's a warrior. She's the most incredible sports person. She was the trailblazer for Irish women sprinting for so long. Before Rashida Adelecki came along, it was Phil setting the standards. And Phil actually still holds the women's 100-meter mm -hmm. Irish record. I think it's 11.28 seconds. So she's still the fastest woman in Ireland in terms of the, the 100 meters. But she's been very honest and transparent in her struggles the last 18 months. This isn't the first statement she put out. Um, I'm thinking back to the European indoors earlier in the year where she withdrew from the 400-meter individual because again, she just wasn't feeling it. She wasn't in the right place kind of physically at the time. She did go into relay back at the at, at those Euro indoors. So she she recognizes that the fans are part of her journey. And that's why she's been so open and transparent and so honest. And you have to kind of credit her for that because um, she's not hiding behind anything. Mm -hmm. She's telling us as it is, she's saying, okay, I'm struggling at the moment. I'm not where I want to be. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And you can see from the support in that everyone's behind her and the, ho and the hope and the belief is that we will see Phil back and hope we will see those fast times again next year. And just a word too for her coach, Shane McCormack. He's been there with her by her side through thick and thin, through the good times and the bad times. And Shane is, is from Rexford. He's one of the, the good guys as well. So 
he knows as well that this is the best move for Phil right now. So she'll get back into that winter training block and hopefully her body will respond and hopefully she'll have a big 2024. Yeah, and the Balanine bullet will be back. She'll be back. Now, from one West Cork sports star to another, and that's Connor Howerhan, who has been named as captain for Derby County for the upcoming season. He was voted in by players, so a great kind of honour for him to be named as captain, and he's been captain at clubs previously as well. He's uh, Connor, he was only 22, he was captain of Ply- Plymouth Argyle. Then he moved to Barnsley, he was captain of Barnsley, and they, they won the Johnson's Paint Trophy at Wembley, and a couple of months later, um, Barnsley won the League One promotion playoff. So, Connor is a man used to captaining teams, and he also captained Aston Villa. I think it was his final appearance for the club, it was a Carabao Cup game back in 2021 against Harrow, but I, I could be wrong on that. But so he's, he's a man used to the captaining teams because he has that experience. But it, it's not only what Connor does on the pitch, it's how he carries himself off the pitch as well. He is the ultimate pro. Like, Connor leaves no stone unturned. There's a reason, like, this man left Bandon when he was 16 years of age, he went across to Sunderland. And it didn't work out there. And he could have ended up like hundreds of other Irish young fellas who tried to make it, but they don't and they come back home. But Connor stuck at it. And look at the career he's after carving out for himself. Like it's uh, West Cork's first ever Premier League footballer, West Cork's first ever Irish senior international with over 30 caps to his name. So like you said, he was voted captain um, by the dressing room in Derby. And that's, um, that's such a vote of confidence in Connor and what he'll bring to that team. Curtis Davis had left I was captain in the summer, so they were looking for a new captain. He's put to the dressing room, and they pick Connor, and he's he's a great choice. Like I said, he's the he's the ultimate pro, and they have the right man to lead them in their in their push to get promoted this year. Even though it wasn't a great start last weekend, they lost their opener at home on on Saturday, but they'll hope to bounce back this week when they're in action next. I think it's against Blackpool, but. With a, with a West Cork man, man at the helm, surely that's a good omen for a good season for Derby. That's it, absolutely. Especially after last year as well, because it would have been, like Connor said, they were very disappointed. Oh, they were so close they, to the playoffs. So like. close to playoffs. And also, they went into that season thinking automatic promotion mm-hmm. was the aim. So to miss out in playoffs wasn't great. But it was probably a good year personally for Connor as well, because it was the first time in a while. Like he made 53 appearances um, for them last year. And that was the first time in a long time where he's had. A, a, a great consistent run of games. games. Yeah, because yeah. Connor got into the League One team of the year um, last season. I think it was seven goals and 10 assists from midfield. And that was great to see because Connor coming up through the ranks, whether it was Plymouth, Barnsley, and even his season with Villa in the Championship, he was double figure, figure in terms of goals from midfield and assists. Okay, when he got to the Premier League, it's, it's, a, it's a level up and it did get a bit tougher. But that first season when Villa were there, Connor was making an impact. But then after that, just things got a bit tougher for him and he'd very broken up seasons. He was alone with Swansea, he was alone with Sheffield United, but he just wasn't getting that consistent run of games. We saw it last year with Derby, over 50 games and, and look, at, look at his return, got, got him the team of the season. So he showed he's worked there and hopefully if Connor has another good season, Stephen Kinney could pick up the front him again. That, right. that must be a hope. Fingers crossed. We're going to take a very quick break now, but we'll be back in just a moment to hear from Saoirse McCarthy and Fiona Keating. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And as I said at the top of the show, this week we are celebrating a huge win for Cork Camogie, who beat Waterford in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final by 5 13 
to nine points. And we had Amy O'Connor on last week, Kieran. This week, it's Saoirse McCarthy and Fiona Keating. And Amy would, was confident going in, but I don't think anybody maybe wanted to predict or, or put their, their neck out on the line and say that Cork would, would hammer Waterford, but that's what they ended up doing. Yeah, it was an, an, an annihilation in the final, like, kind of Waterford. It was, it was their first time getting to the senior camogie final since 1945. So, like we said in last week's podcast, Cork have been there, they've done that. They'd lost the last two finals, but they'd players two who had won um, camogie finals before that. Like, Amy O'Connor had won it four times. So, even though Cork had won it since um, 2017, 2018, there was players in the Cork camp. They knew all about an All-Ireland final, the trappings of it, what it's like an All-Ireland final day. Waterford didn't have that, and Waterford's inexperience showed. But, okay, if while Waterford didn't play well in the day, huge credit has to go to Cork because they turned out a big performance on the big day when they needed it most. Not that they put up 5-13 was mm. incredible scoring. Amy O'Connor scored 3-7, and she scored 3-7 after 10 chances she had. Like, that's incredible. A 100% conversion rate Amy had, including her her three-minute hat-trick at the start of the second half that just killed the final. It was done. It was kind yeah. of game over yeah. already that early into the game. So huge result for this Cork team. And it's just after the couple of years that they had, it's um, it's just reward because they've been so, so close. And we spoke about it on the podcast, Dylan. The last four major national finals between the All-Ireland finals in 21 and 22 and the league finals in 22-23, Cork lost them all. Mm. And there were stages of the second half that Cork were leading in all of those, but yet they still ended up losing. But forget about that now. Cork, Cork are back, like Cork are All-Ireland champions again. And this is a Cork team that could actually go on now to, I'm not saying they're going to dominate, but they can build on, on this success because they have a panel of players there that's so, so strong. And that's what they didn't have before. So um, just want to say huge congratulations to the to the Cork Camogie team and also to the to the West Cork contingent. Um, Orla Cronin from Inniskeen and All Star Twenty Twenty. She she came she came on in the the second half. Libby Coppinger from St Columns, an All Star last year. She's been a rock in, in the as Cork fullback this year, and she had a, a great performance again. We're going to hear from two ladies quite soon who are in fine spirits. The Cosi Rovers duo of Saoirse McCarthy and Fiona Keating, who've been central to this Cork team. Uh, this year and Fiona even got a goal in the final Cork's fifth goal but just to mention too for the likes of um, Aoife, um, sorry Kira O'Sullivan from Town, she injured her ACL at the start of the year at the stage when she was starting to cement her place in and around the starting 15 and then you also have Kate Wall from, from Kilbritton who's involved with the Cork panel as well so you have that West Cork involvement there and like I said Saoirse and Fiona played central roles and I was lucky enough to to catch up with him er- earlier, um, I joined them, well, through, um, through, uh, through Zoom, in their celebrations in, in Flannery's Bar. They were kind enough to take a couple of minutes out from their festivities just to look back on a memorable day for, for Cork, tell us about their highlights, and, uh, and also fill us in on what the celebrations are like and what it's like to be crowned All-Ireland Champions. We're delighted now to be joined on the podcast by two of Cork's All-Ireland winning heroes, Fiona Keating and Saoirse McCarthy. First off, where in the world are we talking to you from? Um, we're in Flannery's in Milton, by Milton. I can take it from your voice, Fiona, that the celebrations are going quite well. So, feel me in the last couple of days since the final whistle went in Croke Park. What's it been like? Um, I suppose something I described it as is everything I ever imagined it to be, to be honest. Like, it's just been just so, like, I think because it was so long coming. Everyone's just making the most of it and enjoying every single moment. So, like, yesterday now, it was a bit hectic, you know, coming 
even waking up in the morning in the hotel, everyone was just buzzing around the place. Um, down at breakfast, like everyone's just laughing and joking. And and then down on the training yesterday, or you know, when you're with the team and seeing everyone back in Cork then yesterday, like it just feels like a bit of a dream. But like when you actually look back at the pictures, you're like, that was us. Like we actually did that. It's it's class. And Fiona, how important is it just to enjoy these celebrations for however long they last? Because you put in so much hard work to get to this point and then obviously the disappointment of the last couple of years. So just to enjoy every second of this moment now was probably really important to you. Yeah, I mean, like we've been probably on the wrong side of it the past two years. So, you know, just to come out on the right side of it this time around, I think it just makes the celebrations that bit better. Like even these few days, there's memories coming up on our phone. Um, <laughs> You know, from what's the losing and things like that, and looking back at that compared to where we are today, like absolutely delighted waking up every morning with that silverware and um, back in Cork. It's just great, fantastic. Here she goes back to the to the final whistling Cork Park on on Sunday. We have a class picture of the two of you celebrating. It's like you found each other at the final. Yeah. You're you're throwing you're throwing your helmet to the side, Fiona, and it's just it's just a brilliant, brilliant picture. But Seriously, explain what that moment is like when the final whistle goes and you, and you know you've done it. Oh, like, well, I suppose we had the privilege of kind of knowing we had done it before the whistle, you know, um, and I got the unique experience of actually having that on the sideline. Like, I, myself and Laura Hayes were standing in the bench, subs bench and just soaking it all in for the last couple of minutes. You know, I, I had to wave up to the parents behind us and you're looking at the cup going, we've actually done it, like, you know, um, and then when the whistle goes, that that couple of seconds, like that 20 seconds is just carnage. Like, you know, you could have, and I think I said it when we were up the steps, I was like, I have done this in my head probably about 300 times. Like, you know, you dream of this kind of stuff. And I think when it does actually happen, you're just, it just takes over and you're, you're not thinking much, you're just enjoying it. I don't know if, if you want to, like, you're such a tight group, you're a band of sisters, they are, but to win the All Ireland with, with that woman beside you right now, two courses women, you're from the, the same neck of the woods. You, you've grown up together, played your, 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 your club hurling together. But to win an All Ireland senior with Searsha, what's that like? How special is that? Uh, yeah, I know it is, to be fair. It's, it is something very special. And, you know, especially for our, me anyway, it's my first senior All Ireland. And, you know, to win it alongside, alongside a club mate is just fantastic. I mean, like, travel, we travel to train every, training every week together. Um, and we just both said we turned to each other Thursday and we were just like, we have to go and do it this year round, you know. We've been on the losing side of it twice before. So we just, I think we knew ourselves like we were so well capable of it. And it was just down to us on the day to perform um, to get over that white line in the end. And I finished that line in the end. And Saoirse, how, how, I suppose, how um, to pull out the perfect performance on the big day. What does that feel like? Because it's all building towards the All-Ireland final, but to give that performance on the day, like that's that's just incredible. Yeah, look, I, I suppose nobody could have written that, like um, five goals in an All-Ireland final. Like if, if you said that, you're like, what? You know, um, I think we've actually kind of been saying it all year or the management team have that, like one day we're going to click and everything's going to go right for us and we will like absolutely have our team and we actually have been saying that all year and for it to happen in the final is just is nuts like one of those goals you Fiona you got your 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 name on the score sheet in the second half talk talk me through the goal what was it like what was that feeling like when you started to back <laughs> um I don't know I suppose I just got the ball and I looked up and I 
got to four steps and I like seen a gap and I was like, oh Jesus, I didn't realise it was kind of opening up that much. So I just put the head down and I nearly walked. I nearly ran into the net, but it was funny for the game. The girl, you know, was like, get the ball and run into the net. And like, I don't know, just the way it happened, I nearly ended up in the net <laughs> and I just scooped it in at the end, you know, it was just one on one. So yeah, no, fantastic. And you know, hearing the crowd after that went in, um, it was just, it would give you the chills. I know, it was a classic, one of many class moments. And Sarah, I want you to take me back to actually Friday night. Matthew Toomey was saying after that you had an unbelievable meeting on, on, Friday, on Friday night. Can you fill me in as much as you can what, what was said there and how it set the tone for Sunday? Um, yeah, I suppose it was a bit of logistics just trying to get the timings of the day and, you know, familiarising ourselves with the parade and stuff like that. You know, the younger girls there, Fahili, like they've, they've never been there or experienced that in honour of final day. So I suppose it was just kind of acclimatising yourself to the noise of the crowd and a lot of the psychology side of it and then obviously there was a lot of like motivational factors like Matthew had like this amazing slideshow just going through like all of the hardship that we've had over the last couple of years and even this year like we've had so many lows that we just bounced back from and just we kept the belief the whole time and you know it was just kind of saying it's in our hands now to just go and do it and yeah, it was it was nice. And then we went for a swim. Um someone before, someone after, but yeah, it was lovely. That's class. And like you said there, you've you've been through those hard moments, but and, and you've won this all Ireland the hard way. But Fiona, like he, did you feel the pressure coming into this game because knocked out Kilkenny the champions, beat Gavi your bogey team, and then coming up against a Waterford team where Cork War favourites. Could, could did you feel that expectation or how did you what was the mindset going into the game? Um, I don't know, I wouldn't say so. I feel like, you know, we put down huge um shifts beating Kilkenny, beating Galway. And I don't think the I wouldn't say pressure, I'd say more like we knew we had all the hard work done and it was just down to us to go and perform on the day, you know. Um we've such a good team behind us, good management team, great players, like honestly, absolutely fantastic bunch. I think especially the management team this year, like honestly, they're absolutely unbelievable. Like they're they literally didn't leave any stone unturned, and I think you know that was a massive factor for us this year was that group of that group of people. And Sirsha, I won't keep you much longer now because I know you're you're dying to get back to your celebrations. But <laughs> talk to me about the, the bond within the group because, like I said, you've you've had those those tough days over the last couple of years, and even there was that tough spell for those four games in a row that last kind of mid season this year. But the resilience and the character and the heart and the spirit in this group, it, it's just incredible. Yeah, look, I suppose we're all kind of like sisters, really. We spend so much time together and like like that, like you said, like losing those four games during the year. And we don't, we've had a couple of ups and downs, like we kill each other, but we love each other in that kind of way. Um, but like, I think there are, there's so many leaders in this team and standard bears and like even the young ones coming up, like like I think the way Maeve Murphy handled herself this week after getting dropped, like she was like amazing. She could like I'm so so impressed with the girl and how mature she is and I think every year the new talent coming up is is unreal and I think we have such an environment now on the team where everyone's welcome like you know and um yeah like the friendships we have and these kind of days like there we're we're never gonna forget these days and look to do it with club mates and college mates and whatever school mates and <laughs> you'll be sick of me but like to do it with your friends that you've grown up with your whole life and. It's just really, really special. Like, when you look back on Sunday, if you want, what's the one kind of image you think of straight away? What's the one moment that comes to mind? 
Um, I think there what well, to be fair, there was a few, but I think the one you mentioned earlier, the picture of me and Saoirse, I think we both just looked at each other and we were both like, we actually did it. Like we, we got over that line, you know, like we've been through the past, after losing two, you know, looking at each other and being like, we actually won this one. I think that was a really special moment. Like I felt like I could have squeezed her head and she was squeezing my head as I was about to squeeze her face. Um, but yeah, no, that picture is one to be framed, I think. And Saoirse, can you feel me and just yourself and Fiona, like kind of, was it school together? You've grown up together, you played together, but, but what's the friendship like? When did you get to know each other first? And um, I don't know, actually. It's hard to put a finger on it. Probably playing senior club before anything else. Like, I don't, I don't really remember playing with you underage that much. Um, yeah, I suppose we got very close when we were travelling to train together. That's kind of the main thing. Like, I'm obviously a year older, so, like, like we weren't really outside Mogi friends, really. But, like, when you're travelling three or four days a week up to training with each other, like, you get fairly close. Like, um. She can't, she can't remember any lyrics to any songs in the car, so I kill her. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's obvious. And actually, en route to Croke Park on Sunday, any sign of any magpies? Because since I had you on last year, I had Amy O'Connor on, on the podcast last week, and I was asking her about her superstitions, and she's magpies as well. Amy was talking about magpies, seeing two magpies. So I presume when you saw two magpies en route to Croke Park on Sunday, Amount of superstitions in this team that I didn't even know about that are after coming out. So Archie McCartan sees signs everywhere. But um I give you a funny one after we were on the train and Fiona saw a magpie and waved. I didn't actually see the magpie, I just saw Fiona waving. So I waved. <laughs> that, counted. that counts, yeah. I didn't see the magpie, but she said it was there, so <laughs> it, 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 it's brilliant. So feel me into plan so for the next couple of days, just soak it in, enjoy every moment. Yeah, I think we're actually rowing Hannah Looney down the lead tomorrow. <laughs> that was one of her her dreams was to row down the lead um, with the O'Duffy Cup. So I think the lead rowing club are actually going to row her down the lead tomorrow uh, about lunchtime if anyone's around. Um, yeah, that's the plan tomorrow. I don't know after that. I know, fantastic. No, you've been so great with your time. Thank you so much. You can go go back to your cele- celebrations, but congrats from everyone here. And like I said, just hook up the next couple of days because you, you so deserve this after after the performance you put on on Sunday. So congrats again. Thank you. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, welcome back again to the Star Sport podcast. And in a moment, we'll be heading to Flannery's up in Glasheen to join in on the celebrations. But... For now, more importantly, Kieran, what's coming up in this week's Southern Star Sport? Obviously, the Cork team is taking precedence. We have four pages of coverage of a fantastic win for, for the Cork team. Also, like we spoke about earlier, it was the first weekend of the Hurling Championships, both County and in Carberry. We mentioned the Kilbritton and Barry Row game, but there was also a great win for Argadine Rangers. There was a great win for the Newstown Hurlers in the Senior A, while the Bandon Hurlers actually, actually lost. So they have work to do this weekend because we're going quickly into the second round of the, the county championships and the Carberry championships. So if you want to know what went on with the West Cork hurling team this week, get towards the Southern Star and we have it there. And just a quick note on the Carberry hurling championship, Banniscarty got their bid for three in a row up and running with a good win against St. James. So we've that and a lot, lot more 
in Thursday star. Turn to road bowling for a second. The second All Ireland um, uh, series was on in English up in County Tyrone the weekend, and Ellen Sexton, who is the younger sister of Hannah Sexton, who we've had on the podcast a couple of times, she won the All Ireland Under 18 Girls title. So the Sexton sisters definitely know how to dominate on the road. So we've a, a full report from that. And we've actually a very interesting story too by Joe McCarthy, and it's to do with the West Cork Schoolboys and Schoolgirls League and the West Cork Academy. Um, we've spoken before on this podcast about how West Cork soccer underage is doing so, so well. Third place at the Kennedy Cup when you were there a couple of weeks back. West Cork finished third at the Foyle Cup um, up, in, up in Derry. But West Cork underage soccer has got no place to call home. It's got no permanent training facility. They have to rent, they have to rent um, I think it's a, a hockey pitching clan, I think, to, where they train. But there's plans afoot, or they're starting up with plans afoot, to try and get a permanent base here in West Cork. So we have a very good piece on deck by by uh, by Joe McCarthy. So there, there's that and loads more. It's an action-packed um, sports section again. And also, quick mention for Jack Crowley, the the, the Bandon rugby club man who um, played out half for Ireland against Italy last weekend. He played quite well. Um, he, he was moved back in the in the second half with an injury to, to Jimmy O'Brien. But it was good to see Jack. Um, Jack almost put up his hand for selection for the Rugby World Cup. Like the hope is that he'll get there. I think I think he will get on, on the plane. So we have Andy Farrell's reaction to Jack Crowley's performance. So there's that and, and a load more. So Thursday start well we're picking up. As always. And just on the Jack Crowley thing as well, I thought it was brilliant that he kind of showed his versatility because mm-hmm. that'll be important for earning a place in the squad if he can play. He can play centre, as we know. Yeah. Fly half, obviously, is a position. But then if he can fill in a full-back as well, it makes his chances of making the squad even more. 100%. Because I was disappointed to see there was no Gavin Coombs the last day. Yeah. Gavin Coombs, obviously, from here in Skip, he didn't even get a look in. And Gavin needs minutes. He needs to get minutes under his belt to have any chance of getting on the plane. Like, he is in that Ireland training squad at the moment. But um, I know Ireland are in Portugal this week for a warm weather training camp. And then the next game, I think it's August 19th against England. So we might see Gavin there because he need to get minutes under his belt mm-hmm. to have a chance of getting selected. So we just have to, have to wait and see how that pans out. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date on that. Lots will be available in this week's Southern Star. Elsewhere, aside from sport, we're giving away €500 Euro to one lucky reader. You have to pick up a copy of this week's newspaper to see how you can enter that competition. And as always, if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop, tablet or phone Said to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper along with full access to our website. We have a great offer ongoing at the moment. The details are up on screen or in the description of where you're listening to this, where you can get it for just €8 for your first two months. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.